Hey, good afternoon, Gooners. Arsenal fans, you know, anywhere in the UK and around the world. Hope you're all well, you know. So, this is our second podcast on Anchor. So, very much looking forward to raising some issues and going through some stuff. Uh, thank you to the people that, you know, you know, we had an alright start. You know, 15 listens and a few other people, you know, part of the audience. So, thank you very much to you guys for listening. That's great. Um, hopefully, we'll get bigger and we'll be a bit more open. So, happy days. Anyway, so, um, sorry it's Tuesday. We were going to do something Sunday after the Man City game, but unfortunately, due to work and being on call and stuff, it's in a little bit of a struggle. So, here we are on a Tuesday. So, it's the 20th of October. Yeah, so, slightly disappointing result at Man City on Saturday. Um, obviously, watch the game... I thought we were okay. We were better than we've been up there a few times. Um, just lacks a bit of creativity up front. Um, I don't really know what else to say about that because obviously, you know, we can always bring up the Mesut Ozil thing. But to me, it was just like there was a bit more focus on making sure that we were, you know, we were good at the back and we were tight in the midfield and we worked to the plans that Arteta had put in to sort of restrict Man City from playing their normal game. Um, I did think personally that Man City were kind of there for the taking a little bit more than they usually are because they were missing quite a few good players. Um, notably, obviously, Kevin De Bruyne is a massive miss. Um, slightly surprised Aguero played and to be fair, you could still see that he was a little bit off the pace due to his sort of long-term-ish injury that he's just come back from. Um, it always seems to be Sterling that scores against us. It's quite irritating. Um, the goal itself you know I thought it was pretty poor defensively um, and maybe Leno probably could have done a little bit better with parrying it away rather than straight back sort of into the centre of the goal but that is what it is because we can also say that obviously Bellerin probably could have stood up a bit better to when um, they cut inside so at the end of the day there's probably a few issues there um, bar that you know defensively we were sound I thought Gabriel had another game, good game at the back um, David Luiz carried on his sort of much better uh, form since you know the, the first game back after lockdown which was at, away at Man City where he got sent off and yeah, it was just a bit of a disaster of a performance, to be quite honest. So, yeah, um, midfield, they looked all right. They didn't get overrun by Man City. Obviously, had like Foden, uh, Bernardo Silva, Mares, And then, obviously, had like Gundogan coming on as well for them. Uh, it was nice to see Thomas Partley get a run out. Um, I guess sort of had the last sort of 15 minutes. And you can see that sort of, I think he will become, you know, a lot more of a, a general in the midfield for us. But, obviously, he didn't have enough time to sort of get started. And, um, notably, he did get booked. But... Um, so I see he got the legs, you know, he was open to the ball all the time. A few good passes here and there, didn't really lose anything. So, um, just I think there's a lot more to come from Thomas Party. So, don't sort of judge his first 12, 13 minutes in an Arsenal shirt too much. Um, yeah, so, yeah, we had a couple of chances. Um, see, Saka had a good one saved. And I think a Bang Yang pretty much straight after that had one. They were the two best opportunities we had. But it was just gutting that realistically we couldn't have put one of those away. Um, apart from that, Edison wasn't really troubled and he sort of did what he had to do, I guess. Um, realistically, I would think a draw probably would have been a fair result. And again, I think you should have maybe looked at how Leicester took apart Man City up there. They really went at them and really had a go. Um, as well as like you watched Aston Villa against Liverpool. They were just on the front foot all the time. There was no, there was no sort of worrying about defending. It was just go, go, go. And both Liverpool and City fell apart in those games so it shows it can be done and maybe you know once we get our defensive side sorted we might be able to play a bit more like that so 
Yeah, no, fingers crossed anyway. Right, so we're not going to dwell too much on the Man City game because obviously, yeah, it's gone now. So we've only lost two games this season. I know we've only played, what, four or five games, but, you know, Liverpool away and City away. So um, it could be worse. It could be worse. So, right, what are we going to start talking about? We're going to go through, you know, the next couple of games. Obviously, we've got Europa League starting this week and then we've also got a fixture at the weekend against Leicester. So, um yeah, we sort of have to just look ahead to Rapid Vienna on uh, Thursday, which start, kicks off our European campaign in the Europa League. Personally, I feel the Europa League is something that we should really, really be going for this season. Um, not necessarily for the group stages, I don't think you have to go massively strong, because um, I don't see us struggling too much, because uh, obviously you've got semi-pro sides like Dundalk in it as well and to be fair and this isn't being derogatory but that should be sort of six points as they put out an okay-ish side um, I think probably the toughest game is the first game Rapid Vienna away um, but again still think there should be you know good enough with some of our lesser players in the side we should be good enough to get results away to both uh, Rapid Vienna, Mould, and also including Dundalk. But Dundalk being our second game at the Emirates, a week, uh, you know, a week on Thursday, um, it'd be nice to see you know four to six points there at least. Um, to me, there shouldn't be any defeats in this group stage of the Europa League. So um, yeah, it should be a nice, easy run through. Um, then I think yeah, you strengthen the further you go because um, obviously the last few years we disappointingly went out to Olympiacos last season, which was a bit of a shame to be fair because just been a bit more sensible defensively we could have easily gone through that and again usually the Europa League isn't that strong so um, yeah well, well hopefully that'll be one of the competitions we really have a go at this season and it's alright sort of going long in the Europa League um, sorry the FA Cup and the Caribou Cup but you know a nice bit of European silverware placing the Champions League what's not to uh, want for a good run in the Europa League so yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So we'll just have our fingers crossed. Yeah, so I'm going to be sort of positive. We can't even see the teams yet, but we're going to go for a 2-1 Arsenal win on Thursday against Rapid Vienna. Let's be positive. Why not, eh? Anyway, so we'll move on. We've got um, Leicester. Uh, a really strange time on Sunday of quarter past seven. I'll be interested to see. interested to see if that's on the TV or not. I would highly, highly doubt that. But, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But let's just have a look now while we're sort of talking about it. So, yeah, well, Leicester, you know, they've had an indifferent start, which we could sort of say, because they went out there and spanked Man City. They haven't looked great in some of their other games. But um, they're always sort of an iffy team, especially at the, you know, is it the Walkers or the King Power now, isn't it? King Power Stadium. But, you know, we get them at the Emirates. We're usually pretty good against them, so... Not overly concerned by that one, but you know, Arsenal have got to kick into gear a bit and you know, not mess about as much as they have been doing recently, like in the home games like Sheffield United and West Ham. Yeah, just, you don't want you don't want that really. So we'll just have to wait and see to see how they perform in that one. But yeah, say with the Europa League, it'll be a lot of um, the sort of second starters. I'm sure you'll see players like Willett, Nelson. Um, El Nenny, I would imagine Runnison will make his his debut on Thursday as well for the club because obviously it would, it would be a bit of a waste putting Leno in every game when you've got a backup keeper you might as well give a chance to um, maybe even we might even see Saliba have a run out in the Europa League as well and what people have got to remember is he wasn't named in the original 25 
um, for that. But under 21 players don't have to be named. That's why Saka's not on the list, um, and players like Nketiah as well. So, um, yeah. Oh, and Willock. Yeah, so we could we could see quite a few youngsters, and it'll be interesting to uh, give them a bit of game time as well. well. I guess Cedric could probably play. Um, I'm not sure where Mustafi is fitness-wise, but I suppose if he was fit, it's probably a game he would get a run out in. Um, yeah, I don't see it being too difficult, but yeah, it'll be all right. And then yeah, going back to the Leicester game, I would imagine we'll go sort of full strength in that, um, just to sort of well, what would we say? We'll go sort of full strength in it. We'll, personally, like I kind of like to see a Bang Yang play from the left with Lacazette up front. Uh, I personally don't think playing Nketiah up front with a banging on the left would work as well. And the same against Man City, I didn't think playing a banging from the left there with William playing as the false 10, or the false nine, should I say. I don't think that was a great success either. So um, I was sort of a big fan of Lacazette because he can hold the ball up, he does chip in with the goals. And to be fair, this season, he's actually got a few at the start of the season. He hasn't been uh, waiting so long to get off the mark. So, yeah, we'll have to see with Leicester. I fancy Arsenal turn Leicester over. Again, I go for, a, what, a two or three, nil or one. So, hedging my bets a little bit there. But, um, yeah, I fancy an Arsenal win against Leicester as well. So, um, shouldn't be a bad week all in all. Just get first three points in the Europa League and another three in the Premier League. Well, that's my predictions anyway. You never know what happened with Arsenal sometimes. Uh, but we'll just have to wait and see with that. So, okay. All right, so we're going to move on to a couple of things that have been going on around. So, today's the 20th of October and it's the day that Arsenal submit their 25-man uh, Premier League squad. Um, it does look, even though it's not been confirmed, it does look like Mesut Ozil has been left out of that squad, along with Socrates as well, because um, they make up too many. Um, they've got to cut two from the 19, the over 25 players that they have um, in the team from different. Uh, they're not English nationals or British nationals. Um, so yeah it looks like Ozil and Socrates haven't made the cut which was the similar decision that was taken for the Europa League squad as well personally um, I'm not really surprised I just sort of think with Ozil I just I don't know I thought he's done himself out of being it you know he sort of seems to have little digs at the club I'm not sure it's been the best handled situation all in all but because you shouldn't have a player on 350 grand a week sitting just you know, turning up for training, doing what he has to do, then going home and collecting 350 grand a week. They should be in these sort of squads, but, you know, it, we can sort of see that Arteta keeps continually saying that it's all sort of down to um, the way the team's evolving, um, being able to pick 18, only pick 18 players for the matchday squad. Um, it just sort of, to me, it just shows that I think Arteta's got a vision. I don't think Ozil's part of that. I don't think Ozil buys into it. Because you can see now the amount of effort the players put in, the high press we play. Without being rude, I've never seen Ozil do that for any club he's been at. And it's just he's just not that kind of player. He's more of a luxury player. And if you can get him in, fine. But if that's not what the manager wants to do, it started under Unai Emre and it's continued with Arteta. So, again, I think he's played his last game for the club personally, whether he goes in January or he goes in June. Um, I'd like to think that as a person, he might think in January that if he's got a good, decent enough offer, he would move on and actually go and play some football because it's, there's no doubt in the right team or, you know, even if he's lessening now with his ability and his pace and 
and everything because of the age. Um, he's still got something to offer to someone, hasn't he? So um, it would be nice to think that he would sort of have a think and think, yeah, I'll go and get some football because there's no reason why he couldn't go out and play in some of these other leagues around Europe or even far more further afield like the United States, you know, Saudi Arabia, Qatar. There's loads, you know, their transfer windows, they, they don't close until the end of this month so there's still another week I doubt it'll go now personally but yeah, there's options in January I would imagine so we'll just have to see what happens with Mesut Ozil if not he'll just be sat on his bum doing his little bit of running around and uh, engaging with the squad um, and then it'll be off on a free transfer at the end of June so kind of sad considering the first few seasons we had him um, he was world class but again said it before on podcasts on the previous channel that we were on cast box um, to me the downfall of Mesut Ozil has been the fact we left uh, Alexis Sanchez leave um, because those two together it, it was at, at times a joy to watch Ozil and Sanchez play together because sort of they're on the same sort of level on the same calibre of player it was, it was wonderful to see but um, yeah letting Sanchez to go wasn't the greatest thing in the world but you know does anyone really deserve a quarter, uh, quarter of a million, half a million pound a week? Um, and to be fair, you looked at his move to Man United, didn't exactly pan out, did it? So, you know, maybe they were right to get rid of him. Or, you know, hindsight might be a lovely thing. If he'd have stayed, he might have been brilliant. Who knows? But, oh well, shit happens, doesn't it, I suppose? Pardon the French for anyone that gets offended by language. But, um, yeah, it does slip out from time to time. Yeah, so we'll just wait and see on Mesut Ozil. Um, another thing that's been quite interesting to read about today, of you know, is that um, the European Premier League. Uh, it says that. So I'm just looking at the Sky article now, and obviously I've had a bit of reading on Twitter earlier on in the day as well. Um, the European Premier League: Liverpool, Man United in talks for FA back tournament. Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City, and Tottenham also candidates to join a new European Premier League, which is backed by a six billion pound, six billion dollar, which is four point six billion pounds finance financing package. Um, and it's a FIFA backed tournament, which is surprising that they want to sort of ruin nationality based football. But you know, I'm guessing you'd look for them. Spain, you're going to be looking at what Atletico, Barcelona, Real, France, PSG, maybe Leon. That'd be about it. Italy, Inter Milan, Juventus, AC, Napoli, Roma. I don't know if there's any. How many teams does it say they're going to have in it? Uh, there's no. There's no. There's no bit about the teams, but um, oh, so it says that there's about 18 teams to join up. So, more than a dozen teams from England, France, Germany and Italy and Spain are in negotiations about becoming founder members of the competition. So, and it's also said that, you know, if English teams wanted to join up as well as all the, you know, European teams, this could be started as early as 2020. Personally, I think this is just a greedy move. Um, never not support the club, but I do think this is sort of paving the way to end you know, national football, like, not national football, what would I say is, it would be ending, like, British football, it would be ending Italian football, because it's just not going to have the money in it if all these other clubs are playing in other tournaments, all, you know, because we know how the Premier League works now, and how, sort of, the Championship League 1 and League 2 sort of gets left out in the cold a lot of the time, I know the Championship gets a fair bit of money, and a lot of the clubs that get relegated get the parachute payments, but if you're not in a Premier League, 
you're not well backed really unless unless you're financed by a, a wealthy owner like some clubs but yeah it's um it's a strange one it's i don't know if it's something i'd like to see but you know we'll have to sort of wait and see what comes of that and it just sort of looks like it will be played um throughout it says midweeks and everything so I don't know whether that would be in line with a lesser Premier League status. Would that mean there would be a drop in the entering of competitions such as the Caribou Cup and the FA Cup for these clubs? Because um, I'd like to say is I quite enjoy the Premier League and I do think it's the best league in the world and I don't really want it to be ripped apart because you take all those sort of six big teams out of it, yet fair enough you're going to have other teams in it that are going to want to become Premier League champions. But to me that's sort of a tainted victory because you're losing... Not saying Arsenal at the moment or what. Well, personally, I think they're one. Of the, they are definitely one of the biggest clubs in the Premier League. I'm not saying they're the best at the moment, but um, you're losing all these type of players. And then when fans can get back, you're losing the atmospheres. You're losing the derbies. And yeah, all right. If Arsenal, Spurs both went into this European League, you get it. But it's not the same, is it? It's not a Premier League fixture. It's not an English League fixture. So, um, and personally, I think you look at it if they, if it meant leaving competitions like the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup I think that's a bit of a shame because again that's sort of one of them trophies that you're looking to win but you can also give a good run out to your sort of lesser squad players um, and the ones that necessarily are just there as backup or squad rotation um, I think it's a bit of a loss but um, yeah and it says that the Wall Street Bank JP Morgan is in talks to provide 4.6 billion in funding and it's noted that obviously Arsenal have got American owners Man United have got American owners Liverpool have got American owners so uh, yeah and I can't see that you would say that you know sort of City's owners I think they're all about the money as well aren't they because they've literally is it only PSG have got richer owners I think so uh, yeah that'd be interesting to see but um, we'll just have to look at it and obviously, I don't think Roman at Chelsea would be too concerned about making more money for winning these sort of things. If there's a, you know, if these billions of pounds are going to be invested into prize money and things like that, so yeah, this could well be a sad day for European football and English football. So yeah, we'll have to see. So it would be like a league. So it'd be 18 teams in a league with home and away fixtures played during a regular European season. Top placed teams would play in a knockout tournament. Yeah. So and it could upsur upsurge the Champions League. Oh right. So <laughs> Champions League would become a lesser trophy now when that's always been sort of seen as the pinnacle of European football. So right. Well, we'll have to just wait and see on that one. So. Anyway, we're going to let you go now. Um, hopefully it's not been too boring. Hopefully there's some stuff you agree with in there. Um, like I said, we're going to be looking to uh, broaden our um, podcast, make them a bit longer, get guests on, mainly Arsenal fans. We're not so bothered about having famous people on and things like that because I quite want to be in a position where we're sort of interviewing normal fans uh, who have different opinions on the club and different opinions on the way things run. Um, so, yeah, anyway... Have a good rest of your day, Gooners, and uh, we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.